Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back in the digital physical tiny room. I am one of the co-hosts of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am Michael, and I am the one who is physically in the tiny room. And I am joined by the man who has been called... The man who thinks that three is... Bef- oh, no, I've got that wrong. Ben, say hello. Hello, I am the man who thinks that four comes after four, Michael. Yes, that was very funny. Um, Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, Benjamin, you're back in Italy. I am. I'm back in sunny, sunny Italy. How, how warm is it where you are, Michael? Ben, I am freezing my anus off you're, in you're the tiny th- room. Lovely, the anus tightening tiny room. Not for the usual reasons. No, um, um, the tiny room, I think, is... I have become accustomed to the tiny room being occupied by two or three people on occasion. On occasion. And now it's just me and the heating's off and Ireland has edged into winter. Oh no. And it's bloody freezing. Did it snake up on you? It didn't really snake up, it just kind of appeared. Um, I think Thursday morning was frosty. Oh, it had a big glamorous announcement. I'm here, I'm freezing, get you. Yeah, the only thing that anyone talked about on Thursday was, oh... Bit nippy this morning, wasn't it? Bit nippy. <laughs> bit nippy this morning. First frost, Just wasn't it? Oh, fierce. Fierce. Benjamin, speaking of uh, nippy, um, this week I read Saga, the collected edition, issue nine. Issue nine, a, a trade paperback. The Yeah, are they called issues? Collection nine? They're uh, volume nine. Volume, volume nine. nine, that's it. Ben, full of nipples. Nips. Um, ben, last week the listeners heard that you liked uh, penises in your comics. Uh, yes, they did, and we highlighted that on the Instagram, just so people knew. Yes. Um, well, if you like penises in your comics, you have to get on this saga. Cause oh, boy. <laughs> nothing but dicks in this Have I got this a penis issue. comic for you? <laughs> oh, tons of dicks. Dicks everywhere. It's a, a festival of dicks. A festival but, ben, of dicks. Dear God. A dick festival. Uh, Benjamin, look, very good, though. Well yeah. worth getting. It, um, it's, it's dicks and emotional impact. It just it just seems to be one of those wonderful series that keeps consistently delivering great content. Ma- fire content, Benjamin. Yeah. Um, it's it's the new, as far as I'm concerned, the new Walking Dead in terms of consistency and emotional impact. It's very good. Everyone should read it. If if you don't read it, you're a real dick. Saga, you... Saga's where it's at. We have a video on how good Saga is up on our on our oh, in our ben, podcasts. We did many yeah. many months ago, Maybe more than a our, year ago. One of our most successful early early releases. Yeah. Um, so go and check it out. The audio quality is for naught. But look, because Ben, the audio quality isn't great because that was before you discovered the secret hacks of putting your microphone inside a tea towel inside a cup. <laughs> wondering how long it would be before we noticed that so so anyone who's a, a long time listener of the podcast would be aware that i'm not always the most organized of souls yeah, i wouldn't i wouldn't say that's my my default setting in life no and, and currently um currently my blue yeti microphone which is not a cheap piece of equipment no um is lacking a fairly substantial part of equipment uh, the Blue Yeti microphone, for those that don't know, comes with a lovely weighted stand. So you yeah, can have a solid base from which to record with very little vibration. There's some yeah. foam padding on the base. Yeah. Um, mine is currently sitting on my countertop at home in Ireland. Yeah, and you're not there, are you? You're in Italy. As we've just covered, Michael, I'm not in Ireland. I am in a mm. country beginning with I, but it's Italy. not the one it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
never let it be said that we would ever allow the podcast to lapse into undoing. Um, so with sheer commitment, brute force, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, uh, well, I would say a minor stroke of genius, um, it now rests inside a lovely mug with a tea towel around the base <laughs> to stop major vibrations around the inside of the mug. And it Very works good. perfectly. Very intelligent. Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of um, things that have, in your opinion, turned out unexpectedly well, mm. um, have you been keeping abreast of the Joker situation? Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I may be switching camps. Ben, for, that was an incredible segue. It was. It was very smooth. Like I've ruined butter. it now. But like butter. But, you know, it was so good, it bared a mention. Yeah, go on, go on. Tell, it, tell us it about was, It was very good. So, as as many of our listeners will know, and maybe some won't know, um, the Joker is getting his own standalone movie. Um, yeah, we talked about it last week. Starring Mr. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it is produced by Martin Scorsese, and Todd Phillips is directing it. Anyway, naturally, naturally, one of the major flaws that has been pointed out in this is, there's no Batman. There's mm. no Batman, and the world's looking at it, going, "Why? Why would we? Why would we do this without without a Batman?" Um, and it's not an unfair point. No. Um, but I'm cautiously optimistic for a number of reasons. Before, before remember, Michael, remember how pointless Steel was without Superman? It just doesn't make sense, Michael. No, it, it doesn't just, make any sense. You have Shaquille O'Neal. I understand you need to use him, but still, but still, um, Sha- Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. It, oh, very good. Sha- Shaquille O'Steel. Very, I, I like them both. Um, riffing on 90s comic book movies. Yeah, you nailed it, buddy. You got it. Anything for Spawn in the canon? Anything in the barrel there? I, Michael J. Spawn. Yeah, uh, you kind of lost it there, buddy. But no. <laughs> it's Talk about the Joker, Ben. It's important that you tried. Um, so, uh, naturally, this has caused uproar in the, the nerd community as a whole. Um uh, especially when new uh, footage surfaced of him in an L suit. But just to, to go back through some of the tweets that I found here, we'll include some of them in the video. Um, you it's, will. It's very, it's very enjoyable. It's caused a real split in mm-hmm. people. So um, there's the three Joker theory, and in response to that idea, one person tweeted, how many Jokers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Um not very clever but you know it's just one of these things then oh, what's the one, answer um, it's one one I think just, just, yeah just one he's competent adult yeah. not a great setup. Um the best thing about the origin uh, of the Joker is that there isn't one Batman is constantly lied to and misled by the Joker this is the mm. dumbest idea that's from Phil at also named Phil Um the people got over Wolverine not having an origin as well I said Wolverine like an American there hold on let say, me say that again say it People got over Wolverine not there having an are. origin. There we go. There we go. That's that's much better to my ears now. Um, so it's it's kind of nice to see the split because then other people are saying, I need the taste of Leto's Joker out of my mouth. So I'm 100% Ugh. on board with this. That's from what was Mike's, the taste in his mouth? Mike Silly. And the only advice I have for Mike Silly is don't let Jared Leto's Joker put anything in your mouth. Yeah, he's um, a bad egg. He'll send you a condom in the post. Or maybe he won't wear a condom, which is kind of worse. Oh, that's not what I meant. Um, oh, that's what that's I meant. Um, so, yeah, we're going to keep going there. Um, a lot of people are seem kind of offended that these two Jokers will exist at the same time. For example, mm-hmm. how many people are playing the Joker? What the fuck is one of the tweets? And that's in yep. response to the fact that Jared Leto exists as the Joker. He will be in Suicide Squad 2. And Joaquin Phoenix is going to be the Joker. To which well, I say, boo to you, sir. Boo there to are multiple you. Supermen running around at the moment as well. What with Henry Cavill possibly being out, but also Taylor Hutchin. 
Hutchin, mm-hmm. who plays a very, very Boy Scouty version of him. I'm yeah, I quite like him actually. Yeah, he's not uh, bad. Apparently, apparently, Ben, the Supergirl uh, Arrow Flash crossover this year is going to be Elseworlds. Oh, that'll and be they're going to introduce Metropolis and the Bat Family. The Bat Family's to be introduced, is it? Starting with uh, Batwoman, played oh. by Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose, I'm okay with that. I'll I'll allow it. That's no, good. It. Well, I'll send them a message and let them I know. I shan't. I shan't take and make war on my keyboard about it. I'm gonna let it go. And uh, but also, uh, just the final tweet that I want to finish there was from Hunter Given. I've never been more torn about something. The Joker definitely doesn't need an origin movie, but. Joaquin Phoenix is brilliant and that's kind of the tack that I'm taking with it at this point um, so we saw a couple of you know we've seen some test footage now um, I think Todd Phillips is painfully aware of, of how divisive this is and he's really trying to get out in front of it and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, he's sending a lot of behind the scenes stuff he's showing you a lot of test footage and yeah. the test footage is is promising Um you know, Joaquin Phoenix is bringing that real subtlety and a, a proper menace to the role that's been missing for a while since Heath Ledger's Joker, I suppose. Um, and it's it's interesting to see that kind of come back in very strongly. Um, people are losing their minds about the suit. So his suit is not purple. Yeah. Now, he's still wearing... I remember. He, uh, yeah, we had go, this discussion go on, go already. On. We talked about this but, yeah, last week. Go on. Uh, with this in mind, I took, I took a look back, Michael. I took a look yeah. back at some of Martin Scorsese's work. Um, you cast your mind backwards. I did. I went. I went to backwards. Have you ever heard of the King of Comedy? Yes. It is a film with Robert De Niro. A classic film. A classic film, um, and it's about a failed comic, um, yeah. who kind of loses the plot a little bit, um, mm-hmm. to do with breaking into late night television. Does that sound familiar at all? Is that the origin of the Joker, do you think? It is. He's going to be a failed comedic performer in this particular run-on. And that suit is very reminiscent of the 70s suits that comedians would wear on television. Yes, um, it is. And stage. It's a, a full-piece suit with a bit of flair thrown in. So uh, this this isn't going to be your daddy's Joker, okay? This isn't this isn't your grandfather's Joker? How does that my, phrase yeah, work? My, well, my, my daddy's Joker was probably the Jack Nicholson Joker. Okay, go backwards. Go backwards. It wasn't uh, your granddad's Joker. No, my granddad only watched English wrestling. That's quite like cool. Like giant taste eggs. Yeah. Oh, that's I like all, that. That's all he was into. He didn't like the Joker. I like that indeed. He didn't. He probably didn't like the Joker. But this seems to be a real push towards really honouring certain aspects of the Joker. I told you about the mask last week and how his new makeup reflects the mask from back in the day. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it just seems to be... It's very much going to be a Martin Scorsese movie that happens to star a character that we all know. Um, well, Ben, but it's a Todd Phillips movie. N- yeah, but it's Martin Scorsese produced, so I'm imagining he has a lot of influence in oh. that way. Steven Spielberg produced the Transformers movies. Oh, Never mind. I, See? I, this, this will not See? be the rock I... This is not the rock I make my stand on. It's just the rock I cautiously look to with a little bit of hope. Okay. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's why. That's it, why I hoped the Transformers movies were going to be good. Ah, oh, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> ben, yes. Speaking do you have anything of, else to say about the Joker? No. Okay. Would speaking like of, segue. no, I, I have nothing to say. Speaking of Ben, there's a new trailer for the Bumblebee. Mm. Mm, which Michael. Ben, I don't know if if you would agree with me here. It largely looks like a remake of the 2007 Transformers movie. It is a remake of the 2007 Transformers movie, uh, not to mention completely tonally inconsistent with the first trailer. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? It looks much more like a Michael Bay movie. 
it's ridiculous. It's even bigger than it. It looks like if Michael Bay and that lad who did Valerian City of Planets had a baby. Luc Besson? I can't remember his name. Luc Besson. It looks like Luc Besson's set design with Michael Bay's flair for the dramatic had a baby and made Bumblebee. Well... A lot of those scenes that you're saying look like that are set on Cybertron, the home planet of the of the Autobots. Yeah. And to be honest, Ben, as a long-time Transformers fan, it looks a lot like the video games, the War for Cybertron video games. Are they quite famous in the in the They're very, they're quite popular. Community? They're they're kind of generally considered a, a better representation of Transformers than the movies ever were. Fair enough. But as a Transformers fan, Ben, mm. you would have you would have that trailer was for you as a Transformers fan. Okay, well, that's not so bad. Soundwave, you know the guy who turns into cassette? Yes. Soundwave, superior, Autobot, inferior. I assume you'll put some flanging on my voice there later, Ben. Well, I don't see why you're... not. Um, he he looks exactly like his current toy that's on the shelves and very, very old school, very old fashioned-y. Hmm. And mm. the the jets on Cybertron, Ben, they transform into the jets that the jets transformed into in the original pilot episode of the cartoon all the way back in 1984. So are you delighted secretly, Michael, in your soul? No, to be honest. Okay. Because looking back, the 1984 cartoon wasn't that amazing. Um, all... I know, we'll talk about it on a future episode. But all it really tells me, Ben, is that Transformers is a very hard thing to adapt for adults. Almost impossible. It's an inherently ridiculous concept. Yes, it's for children. It, it's it's not even for children. It's for people who have a really good ability to suspend their disbelief as to why these robots would come to Earth and then hide as cars. That's a ridiculous concept. And if you spend too long focusing on that concept, you're missing the point. I've probably missed the point of Transformers then. No, what I'm saying is the movie might be missing the point. Instead of doing that, just brush over why they're here and what they are. And get into and, some good old-fashioned... Tomfoolery. Have tomfoolery. an adventure. Chicanery. No, I don't know. It, it might be good. It doesn't look great though, does it? Mm, no, I didn't. There's a very big shift in tone um, that I didn't understand. Um, it's gone from being kind of two best friends on a summer road trip they'll never forget uh, yes. to Hilly Steinfeld will save the universe. Um, and I don't know if I'm okay with that. Yeah, I just don't know, Michael. Um, the more I see it, the more jump. it looks lush. It, yeah, go on. It it just it, it ended up being. It looked like they were going for a very a very hard reboot, um, in the initial trailer, and now it looks like it's very close to the original. Quadrilogy? Quadrilogy? Quintilogy? I think there Quintilogy? Are five Quintilogy? Oh my um, god. I think you are the only one who ever said reboot, Ben. Oh, am I? I don't think this was ever a reboot. It's a, If anything, it was a, it's a prequel, for sure. But if anything, it was a soft reboot. A soft reboot. Yeah, it was mm. never intended to be a hard reboot. It was always a prequel set in continuity, kind of. But, Ben, speaking of films that don't care about their own continuity... <laughs> Very smooth. amazing segues today <laughs> have you seen the trailer for the dark phoenix this is the movie you said wasn't going to come out michael well i'm still not utterly convinced it is going to come <laughs> out it's it's been pushed back till june next year now i think mm, yeah that's true june 2019 i think it was wasn't it originally supposed to come out now soon soon yeah or was it 
Yeah, it was. It was November this year, yeah. then February next year, then yeah. June next year. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. I, oh. It's. Uh, I'm not convinced Sansa Stark can pull this off. That's actually not Sansa Stark. That's Sophie Turner. She's an an English actress who plays Sansa Stark. Oh. On the television show Game of Thrones, yeah. I, I really felt that her lack of experience with even modern technology probably would have held her back in the role, but now that you've explained yeah, that to and, me. And acting, what with ruling Winterfell and so mm. on. Mm. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't imagine ruling Winterfell would give you much time for, for acting. acting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Also, um, it's kind of fun seeing the guy who played Cyclops, having seen him in a few more things now, Ready not Player bad, One, for example. Not a bad actor. Yeah. He's, he's kind of, you know, he's not a, as much of an unknown anymore, for mm. sure as he's. Um, mm. Looks like he'll be giving a more, be getting a more vocal role in, in this rendition. Um, and do you think he'll just go around the whole time going, Gene! Oh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much in his contract. It's, it's the curse of the Cyclops, isn't it? There will be one Gene! <laughs> there will be one gene for every 15 minutes of screen time um, yeah. well that yeah. would be that would be pretty restrained by Cyclops standards Benjamin <laughs> yeah. Benjamin I don't mean to put words in your mouth go on like Jared Leto's Joker probably oh would, no but dirty dirty words do, <laughs> do, did you think that it was worryingly generic uh, it is worryingly generic it's it's look this I, I think Michael and I know I gave you a little bit of a jab in there at the beginning of this this entryway i think this is just don't you jab at my entryway Uh, (laughs) this is just clearing the slate this is this is a couple of reshoots now until 2019 making it Mm -hmm. as clean a break as possible and then on to the reboot send it all to hell and let feige sort it out i think that's i think that's what's happening um well even the music ben yeah it it looks generic because it is generic also I don't know if I want to be in a world where a Dark Phoenix saga doesn't end with Wolverine in tears with his claws stuck up Jean Grey. Oh, Jesus, this is vulgar today. <laughs> it is. It's awful rough today, sorry. Um, that is very interesting, Ben, that you've said that. Mm. Because mm. I think what's happened there, Ben, is you have betrayed yourself. Oh, and no. somewhat of a lack of knowledge. Oh, no. Oh, this is so nerdy. About the Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, I probably have. Because the Dark Phoenix saga, Ben, as you know, has um, has happened across multiple timelines and mediums. Multiple timelines and mediums. And only one of the men's with Wolverine claw deep, knuckle deep in Jean Grey. <laughs> you did it better. I tried, but you did it, you, you did it much better. Which is you very interesting. Much better. So, um, well, Michael... Oh, Ben, before oh, before oh, we oh. go on to... Before we go on to talk about Dark Phoenix, um, I saw Rogue One. The, the Star Wars movie? The Star Wars movie, yeah. It's actually reasonably good. It's it's one of the only good Star Wars movies of the last couple of years. Oh, no, I... not Rogue One. Sorry, Solo. Solo. Oh, okay. Okay. And Yeah, it's fine. And It's a, it's a fine it's a fine movie. I, I like that you put so much effort into your segues today and just blasted them all to heck. I keep ruining, ruining my own segues, order. I know. You're, you're um, ruining the running order. What were you doing? Like, it, it was... I, I'm stealing this line from someone, but... Um, I, I can't remember who who said this, so I'm sorry for stealing their line. But the the best summary I've heard of uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, was Alden uh, Alden Aldenreich. Is that okay. his name? I don't know. He's a uh, the guy, the the late the lead actor. They said he's a quite good actor playing a worse actor 
playing a terrible character. Fair. <laughs> I just love that. That was why I watched it. Someone said that in a review and I said, I have to see that. That sounds quite funny. <laughs> sounds taxing on that poor young yeah. man. Um, Benjamin. Yes. Why don't you, in honour of... Um, ben, one of our most popular episodes in recent years was our Venom discussion. Venom. Do you remember when we talked about Venom? Nom, nom, nom. Yep. Very good. Uh, we talked about Venom's multiple origins. We, we did. talked about the comic book. A comic book. Mm. We talked about um, we talked about the 1990s animated series. Yes. And we talked about the 2003 Spider-Man 2. Yes. He appeared in, in three renditions and we decided which of them was, was the best in terms of origin, um, general characterization, aesthetic. We, 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 we did and, a little run through. And we decided that the animated series was the best. Yes, we did. That was that was the reigning champion. Not only down to us, Michael. Not only down to us. That was that was a poll we put out to our to listeners, Insta fans, and and they seem to agree wholeheartedly. Because, because it's the correct answer. Yeah, well, it is the correct answer. Yes. So Ben, in honor of that, yes. we're going to do the sa- the same today about the Dark of Phoenix. Ah, good. We, we're running out of content. It's time to recycle. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> this is fire content, Ben, because it's the Dark Phoenix and she is fire incarnate, that's, remember? That's your, that's your, you have to use the word incarnate. That is actually in the contract also. Um, mm-hmm. Sophie Turner has to say that every five minutes of screen time in the upcoming movie. So um, I am, she has I am to, life. I am fire incarnate. Yeah. Because that's just so important. In and preferably, it has to be done with, if in some way, an auditory exclamation mark included. Benjamin, yes. Why don't you start by telling us who even is Jean Grey in any ways? <laughs> Fair enough. Jean Grey is well. In in the beginning of the X Men, she was the lead female character um, on the X Men team. No, she wasn't. Was she she wasn't the lead female character. She was the lady one. I was trying to be nice, Michael. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, but well, the 60s, Ben. It was the 60s. Grand. It was the 60s. She was the only woman on the team. Um, the only woman in the entire house. Um, and she was part of um, Professor X's original X-Men lineup, who were the four original X-Men. Um, yeah. Cyclops, Beast... Iceman, an mm-hmm. angel of all people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a bag of shit, isn't so, he? So, yeah, yeah, Angel was one of the original X-Men, which is a bizarre thing that's pushed over in his character even today. Um, the original lineup of X-Men um, all had the same costume. Um, they had they did. A, a blue or navy and yellow ensemble, and so did um, Jean Grey. Uh, but Jean yeah. Grey was not called Jean Grey at the time. Um, she was called Marvel She Girl. was called... Marvel Girl crap name. Marvel Girl, terrible name. Name of the comic shoehorned or new name of the company shoehorned into a thing um for no yeah, reason. Like Captain um, Marvel. So as time went by, she remained the only woman for quite a while on this lineup. Um and then she got a new costume. She got a green costume with kind of an uh, an extravagant It was a mini skirt. Yellow, okay. I you you I tell you what, I'm wasn't going a to costume. Be, I'm going to be as diplomatic as possible and you can just continue what you're doing and bulldoze bulldoze through my diplomacy and and really yeah. spell it yeah. out for what yeah, it is. Good. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, well, Ben, look, it's it's just me versus the 60s. Yeah, you have a, you have a, you It's have our new ex- segment Mick versus the 60s. I'm totally okay with that segment. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um <laughs> but um yeah, um so 
she was uh, telekinetic in the beginning, um, and mm-hmm. she was also a telepath. Uh, but the tele- telepathy came a little bit later. I think we pushed it a little bit more um, as it came along. She ha- she has always been defined as a much stronger telekinetic than telepath, although that gets reckoned and changed yes. depending on who's writing it. Because they couldn't have her be a more powerful telepath than Professor X. Yes, except... Uh, for, for if you're the point if you're reading the ultimate comics or something like that in which case she's ridiculously overpowered which you shouldn't anyway <laughs> anyway overall um kind of loosely defined bog standard bag of telekinetic powers and then uh, there's more tragic elements brought into her backstory as we go along it turns out she's a very emotionally unstable person um her powers yeah. are wildly or beyond ben. the ben as they were also known in the 60s, a woman. <laughs> Take that, the 60s. Zing. You got him again. You got yeah. him again. The Mick 60s. versus the 60s. The 60s is too old to care. Um, but yeah, um, generally speaking, and then what happened was, um, yeah, I suppose she would be a personification of female hysteria. It might be a, an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, um, she's always fainting. Yeah, she, she was a real handful was, as well. Defined yeah. as being like Cyclops' girlfriend. She yeah. had the least physical powers. Yeah. To be fair, every she, single woman in comic books in the she 60s... She wore a miniskirt to a fight. ...was prone to fainting. Like, fainting was a, a 60s female comic book trope. Um, yeah, Invisible Woman. Yeah, it was. It's, she, she was constantly fainting. She was always having an L faint. If, if Invisible Woman was the 1960s ideal of the housewife... Jean Grey was the 1960s ideal of the the young girlfriend, the high school the high school sweetheart. That's that's what she is. That's yeah, no good. Um, and it's funny that you should mention that because the next thing is she's notoriously difficult to write in any kind of interesting way, um, because her characterization, uh, her characterization is so sweet. Um, mm. and she she was a very sweet character for many many years. That's until Claremont got his hands on her. Um, and then oh. um. Claremont, Chris Claremont, kind of began the Phoenix Saga. The Phoenix Saga is is kind of the redefining and end of Jean Grey's original run with the X-Men. Now, the, the Phoenix Saga comes in two parts. You have the original Phoenix Saga yeah. and you have the Dark Phoenix Saga. So these Very are the, the, the two kind of frames that we come into. Bizarre. When we come into the Phoenix Saga, it is kind of classic 70s comic book storytelling. It's a lot of fun to go back through and figure out how we do all this. So, me and Michael started this conversation by having a bit of joke about the the, the gene uh, moment that we gene. always have and the the power incarnate. All of this, all of this kind of really uh, strong characterization comes from that seventies run. So, the Phoenix Dagger began in nineteen seventy six, um, and it's to do with um, the X Men are transported to a space station somewhere in. Yeah. The space. Um, the space, anyway, yeah. Suspos. Stuff happens. Things kick off. Yep. Mutant powers are used. There's a couple of karate yep. chops in there. Yeah. I'm doing karate it's chops. It's usually on the, the McCran, the McCran crystal, isn't it? Yeah, but you can't see me doing my karate chops, but I'm doing lots of karate chops well, ben, right now. Unfortunately, I can see it. They're dreadful karate chops. You looked like you were dancing in the 70s. Yeah, stop Chris, it. Chris Claremont. <laughs> Mm. Ben, let's talk um, about Chrissy C for a minute. Well, Chrissy no, we'll C. talk about him. Well, you talk about Chrissy C because you've got you've, you've an axe to grime with Chrissy. I'll come back to my my Phoenix. Well, I don't have an axe to grime. No, no, you go on because this is important. You have to set us <clears> up. Yeah. Here. Okay. Well, anyway, 
Jean Grey was at her all-time kind of mehness, um, and and <laughs> in in kind of typical uh, Jean Grey fashion, they have their main arc that wraps up, and then they have to get back to Earth. Now, to do mm-hmm. that, they take a space shuttle and they go back down. But yeah, what happens? But there's a bloody solar flare, Michael, because it's the 70s. Oh, cosmic radiation! And whenever you need a bit of fucking hassle in space. You get a fucking solar yeah. flare. Um, that's Very what you good. do. Um, so there's cosmic radiation. Turns out the pilot of the ship is dying. He's going to be dead before he can oh. get them back down safely. There are two parts of the ship, Michael. There's one with radiation yeah. shielding. And then there's yeah. the cockpit with no radiation shielding. Which apart yeah. from being an abhorrent oversight on the part of those ship manufacturers. Ridiculous. Like, Ridiculous. Who doesn't, radiate, who doesn't radiation shield their, their cockpit? What kind of maroon? Yeah. What kind of maroon? I do. So, so you, you always, you always double yeah. check your contractors. You only hire professional cockpit radiation shielders. No, what I meant was that I wear lead underpants. You do that as well. Oh, your your literal cockpit. Yeah, oh, isn't that okay. good? That's a good joke, isn't it? That was, that was Carry good, on. That was a good joke. Carry on. <laughs> um, so anyway, Jean Grey being the the bloody the bloody high school sweetheart, self-sacrificing, self-sacrificing yeah. self-suffering martyr that she is agrees mm-hmm. that she will read the mind of the pilot, take his knowledge and experience and pilot them all down safely. Oh, that's why she has to do it. Very clever, Gene. And this is where, this is where bloody Scott comes in. And he's like, Gene, no. Gene. Gene. Gene, no. Gene, no. Um, anyway, Gene. long story short, she gets the X-Men back safely, but somehow yeah. she survived. Mm-hmm. And that's because in the middle of all the bloody cosmic solar radiation, a fiery spirit mm-hmm. comes and speaks to her. It's not Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's the bloody Phoenix mm-hmm. Force. Um, uh, in the mean. comic, Ben, in the comic, does a fiery spirit come and talk to her? Yeah, it's a fiery female form. Um, she has she has a word with a, a fiery female embodiment, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. And the thing talks to her and explains that it will give her the power to do this in return for being hosted by her. So this is how mm. the Phoenix Force, and that's what it's called, comes into Jean's life. And when this all happens, if we get a bit fuddy-duddy here, and it turns out that Jean's real body is in a cocoon at the bottom of Jamaica Bay in the States for some oh, reason. Oh, that's that's years later. Forget about that. That's uh, Forget about that bullshit. We're not talking about that. We're not doing that bullshit. Okay, fair enough. No. But anyway, the Phoenix Force uh, then resides in Jean. She becomes all-powerful. A lot of the blocks that were put on her by Professor Xavier are completely lifted. She gets a new costume, form-fitting, green and gold. Mm, um, it, is, it is one of the traditional costumes, not used in other media, but one of the big ones in kind of her history. Um, and anyway, time goes by. There's a little bit of a run-in with the Hellfire Club, maybe. Well, mm-hmm. now, Ben, I don't think you can just say a little bit of a run-in All with right, the Hellfire Club, so, uh, we, because it's vital. That's the okay. That's the original Phoenix Saga. Then, okay. Do you want to do your Claremont now, and then I'll do the Dark Phoenix Saga? Or would you like well, to? Well, Ben, Claremont, Chrissy C, Chrissy C, C dog, Chrissy C, Chrissy Claremont, C dog. He likes. Uh, well, I don't know that he personally likes, but I suspect he does. He likes uh, bondage and fetish wear, and he seems to be particularly into mind control, sexual subjugation. That's funny you should mention that, Michael, because that plays a key role in the Dark Phoenix saga. But go on. Well, I know, Ben. That's why I have mentioned it. Um, So... A young Chris Claremont, Ben, watched a TV show called The Avengers. I don't know if we've talked about this before. He watched a TV show called The Avengers, the British Avengers with Emma Peel 
Yes, I remember it. And I, there's, I an, remember it. there's an episode of that where Emma joins uh, the Brimstone Society. Mm. And she becomes mind-washed or brain-cleansed. Or brainwashed, if you prefer. And she puts on a sexy outfit mm. and becomes a kind of dominatrix-looking character. But she's a kind of dominatrix-looking character, but she's brainwashed into subservience, which I think is what Chris Claremont's into. But anyway, then... <clears throat> oh, Chris! If you go back and look at, if you go back and look at that episode of of the Avengers, the Brimstone Society, I believe it's a touch of Brimstone is the name of the episode. Um, it's exactly the Hellfire, the 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 Dark Phoenix saga. Um, mm. Jean is brainwashed. The, the Hellfire Club are after her power, basically. Yeah. So she's brainwashed by Mastermind, uh, whose name is Jason Weingard or Jason Wingard. Wingard, depending depending well, on what way you say it. One of the interesting things about about 1990s cartoons, and I'm not veering into the cartoons too much here, is they were recorded by actors not sitting in the same room together, which is often true of modern cartoons. But if you watch the 1990s animated series, Cyclops calls him Jason Wingard and Gene calls him Jason Weingard, often in the same conversation. Oh, But that's entirely irrelevant. Uh, So she gets a brain wipe (laughs) and they try and make her into a sexy lady. Yes. And she's like, I don't want to be a sexy lady. I want to be evil. Fair enough. Uh, So she blasts off into space. Yay. And when she's in space, Ben, and this is a very important, vital part of this. Oh, I've kind of taken over telling you what the Dark Phoenix is. Okay, I'm Uh, fine with that. I don't mind. I've Uh, I've done a lot of speaking so far. When she blasts off into space, Ben. Yes. she, She gets tired. So she eats a star. Oh, good. And then the star explodes and she kills billions of inhabitants of a solar system. Well, that's a bit mean. Yeah, that is not not great. So the Shi'ar, Ben, you know who they are. The Shi'ar Empire. Yeah, they're the aliens who are also kind of birds and also dickheads. Yeah, real bad eggs. Yeah, the gladiator. Gla- gladiator works for them, doesn't he? Yeah. Marvel's um, most powerful being. Uh, Sentry. Galactus. He can take on a he can take on a sentry though, can't he? Can't can't. I don't know if Gladiator. Galactus and Sentry have ever encountered each other. That would be interesting. Uh, Gladiator's an interesting one because uh, on a quick side note, Gladiator's powers are only limited by his confidence. Um, yes, so are Captain Britons. Um it's a bizarre uh, cap to put on a power, but basically if he's having an off day, he can't do much. Um, yeah, but and imagine how powerful I would be if my power were based oh on my confidence. Christ, we'd all be under. We'd yeah. all have mix-shaped kind of uh, flags Phalluses. everywhere. No flags. Yes, no, that's flags. much better than what flags. I... Michael, Jesus. <laughs> um, Nobody wants yeah, a mix-shaped phallus. Jesus. No, a lot of people do. Jesus. I have a web store. Check out my web store. Uh, <laughs> Dickshapedlikemick.com. Ben. Um, <laughs> stop for a second. What are we talking about? Yes. So she destroys uh, a Shi'ar ship. Yes. And then she comes back to Earth and uh, Professor Xavier's like, no, Jean, you're too powerful. Let's put some mind controls on you. And she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. That didn't cause this problem in the first place. So they put some mind controls on her and everything's fine until the Shi'ar Empire, also known as the Shi'ite Empire. <laughs> Got them. They show up and they're like, we demand retribution for killing all those folks. So they have a Which trial of honor. Mm hmm. Yeah. It is fair. Yeah. Like billions, just, billions of people died. Yeah. We just so they're like, we we want to kill her, please. And Professor Xavier's like, No, she's a lady. 
Um, so they have a trial on the blue area of the moon and the X-Men fight the Shi'ar, which is stupid because the X-Men are way less powerful than the Shi'ar. Uh, and the X-Men lose, Ben. Yay! And they attempt to capture Jean, but then she breaks mm. the mind controls again. Again, because they just... Which is why just that, we've already proven it's a faulty strategy to begin with. Stupid idea. Yeah. So then, Chris Claremont, you weird fetishist. fetishist you. No, let's not kink shame Chris Claremont. Let him... You live your life, Chris. You do do you do you do what's good for you. you we here at Michael and Benjamin's podcast are very much kink positive. Yes, um, we, we we don't do body shaming. We don't do kink shaming. We don't do any kind of shaming, really, unless you're a bad egg. In which case, you yeah. will be shamed on the pod. Yeah, um, Ben, what was I saying? Yes, so the 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 Shi'ar are like, okay, we're gonna get her, and then she becomes Dark Phoenix, mm. and then they have to team up to try and stop her from destroying the universe. Not the universe, Michael. And Ben, yes. Jean Grey realises what she's becoming and kills herself. Oh. Oh. You know what that's called, Ben? That's called a degree of agency. Ah, because she's a woman who gets to make her own no, it's not to, decision. Well, it's not to do with being a woman, mm. but you can see why people were upset that it is Wolverine who kills her. In the film. In the 2006 movie. Terrible movie. Now, she kind of asks him to. Uh, in in fairness, that's because of a follow-up to the original Dark Phoenix saga called uh, Phoenix Endsong or Dark Phoenix Endsong. Um, bizarre kind of... The only way I can describe it is like airbrushed soft porn. Um, oh, yeah. It's bizarre. It's it's with that art style that's just very polished and very false looking. And all the women are very, like, clearly, very clearly modeled on either porn stars or Victoria's Secret models. Um, mm, skinny but, but busty. Yeah, skinny but busty. Exactly. Um, and it, it, in that, this is where Wolverine is introduced as killing bloody Phoenix. Um, because she comes back and he's the one that has to, to do away with her. Yeah, everyone stop making about Wolverine. It's not Wolverine's story. It's, it's Wolverine called, yeah. is a bit player yeah. in the Dark Phoenix story. Yeah. yeah. So, Ben, that's the original Dark Phoenix story. And then... But a lot of people remember it from the 1990s cartoon. Yay, 1990s You're awful at theme tune recognition. Yeah, that was bad, actually. There you go. That's too slow, though. That's too slow. Faster. Um, there was a really great YouTube documentary um, on how they created that theme tune. Um, yes, I know. I told you. I, I told you about it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell the listeners anyway, because some people um, might have missed it's that. It's cool. Episode. It's from I think it's NerdSync. Is it NerdSync? But they interview uh, the creator of that um, theme tune, and it's really funny because they play the original kind of version of the theme tune from a failed pilot in the 80s um, and it's it's literally someone saying the word X-Men Heroes X-Men X-Men <laughs> X-Men X-Men it's if a, you we might try and find it and insert it here in the thing just so you can hear if it. you were to make a, a 1990s or 1980s cartoon about the Dark Phoenix saga with the writer of that theme tune it would just go Gene Gene <laughs> Gene 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 
which would be absolutely amazing. Speaking of theme music, Benjamin. speaking of theme music, we forgot to include our theme music at the start. We've missed a. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> oh no! We always. Oh, but that's one of the best bits. Yeah, I'll you, still, can, you can. I'll still put it in you here. Can do work Ready? One, two, three. <gasps> We're going to do the theme music good. We 43 minutes into the podcast. Don't see why not. We're, we're mixing up the, 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 the establishment. Keeping our listeners ben. on their toes. Um, so, Ben, the 90s cartoon. Yes. Have you, have you seen it? Yes, of course I have. It's considered a classic. Ben, it's not that great, to be honest. Um, no, it doesn't, very, ho- doesn't hold up. Very good theme tune. Great character designs. The characterization is very good, actually. Like yeah. they're really well defined characters. The voice work is, the voice work is dreadful, mm. but the voice casting is very good. Yes, everyone sounds right, but the the actual delivery is pretty. Gene. Yeah, it's stiff. It's very stiff. Yeah, it's very stiff, and they they're often they often respond to each other in the wrong way. Like the they of the because they're not hearing each other's lines, obviously. Yeah. So anyway, Ben. The, the major difference in the 90s cartoon, they actually do the Phoenix Saga. Mm. And they do the Hellfire Club part of the Dark Phoenix Saga. But in the health, in the cartoon version, she wears blue tights instead of being bare-legged. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Bends into blue tights, everyone. Mm. Chris Claremont, mind control, sexual domination. Ben, woolly blue tights. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. <laughs> So Ben, the 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 majorest difference really is um, about Jean Grey herself. In the comics, I felt there's always a question of Are you have you have I lost you or are you just no, sitting completely just still? Sitting completely you haven't still. blinked in like a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought you'd put your screen on pause and gone off for a cup of tea or a piss. <laughs> That's actually what I do most of the time <laughs> when we do these trans country bloody podcasts. Frequently, in, um, I will pause the screen with a slight smile of amusement on my face and go off and make a cup of tea. I call them my mick in, breaks. Oh, very good. Um, in um, what was I saying? <laughs> in the comic, there was always a question of whether or not the phoenix. In modern times, the phoenix is definitely a separate entity. Yeah. But in the comic, in the original saga, they 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 couldn't they didn't know if the phoenix was Jean or something else. Yes. In the cartoon, they couldn't kill Jean off. Too grim for a cartoon. Yeah, it was a kids' cartoon on Fox TV. Yeah. So the so the phoenix entity is definitely one hundred percent a different entity that kidnaps that possesses Jean. Okay. It is not Jean. Fair enough. Also, the planet she destroys is uninhabited. Of course, because you couldn't actually have the moral ethical quandary of if you're possessed well, if you're by a giant, cast. if you're possessed by a giant space force and you murder a bunch of people, is it actually you? Yeah, you can't can't introduce that concept into children. Can't do Thirdly, that. Thirdly, yes, and it, the the cartoon goes a lot of the same way. You know, the she flies into space, she destroys a planet, she attacks a, a Shi'ar ship. Yes, they challenge them to a duel on the moon. The X Men lose. The Shi'ar are trying to capture Jean, so the X Men fight Jean. But when Jean is killed by the Shi'ar, mm. the Phoenix goes, "Oh, sorry, everyone. Look." I was a bit of a dick there. 
That my bad. Um, yeah, my bad. Um, I now understand love. Oh what? Look, I'll tell you what oh, I'll no. do. Boo, boo. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll fuck off, and I'll bring Jean back to life for you. Oh. And everyone goes, oh yeah, yeah, that's ideal, and uh, that's what happens. It's worked out so well. It works out arguably too well. Yeah. The the real the great thing about the the Dark Phoenix saga is Jean's sacrifice for. As either as as penance for genocide, or because she's too terrifying a force to be loose in the world. Mm, it's fair enough. It's it, I've always found it to be an interesting thing. However, I generally dislike how the phoenix power is used. It's always used as a bit of a hail mary um, at the end of a storyline. Um, classically, since we're talking about different versions, um, the Ultimate X Men storyline uses it Ugh. far too often as a giant Hail Mary pass. The Ultimate X-Men originally was a great series in its initial mm-hmm. days. And it just... Yeah, very good. It just went tits up towards the end there. Um, Robert Kirkman, unfortunately, Kirk, made a ball He it. kirkman did so hard. Kirkman We've said this many times on the podcast before, Ben, but Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead, uh, Invincible, cannot do um, Battle Pope. Cannot do continuity. Good. He doesn't. He doesn't play well with other people's toys. No, he doesn't at all. Um, they twisted her character awfully. Initially, she was started as a wonderfully kind of um, fully personalityed, intelligent character in the Ultimate X Men universe. Far more interesting. Mm-hmm. Had a pixie cut before it was really in vogue. Um, you know, uh-huh. um, the whole thing. She was a trailblazer. Um, and then bloody. Uh, Kirkman made her Professor X fell in love with her uh, fucking yeah everyone fell in love with her everyone fell in love with her all the time Um, Mm. she was always brought in at the last minute to save everybody Uh, Mm. just just real bad writing I hate Hail Mary writing it's awful one one of the best things about um, the comic book version of Dark Phoenix and the cartoon version of Dark Phoenix is they both really established Jean before doing it yeah yeah in the comic in the cartoon they waited until season three ben what restraint that's quite a bit of restraint isn't it it couldn't be argued any other way and even ben even the dreadful x-men the last stand from 2006 by brett ratner may it may it never draw breath again even that waited at least till the third movie yeah yeah, but they Although didn't. That, they never defined her character very well, though. Well, she was in love with Scott and Fam- and Logan. Famke Janssen was a poor choice. Um, I always thought she looked a bit too old and serious. I have always pictured, and this is bizarre. If we're going back to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to sound very Buzzfeed with my next statement because they love a uh, if X Men were cast in the '90s kind of thing. But I have always pictured yep. a Julia Roberts. As a, oh, as really? a, I've always pictured a Julia Roberts, a young Julia Roberts, and primarily because of her portrayal mm-hmm. in the very, very good and underrated X Men Evolution cartoon series. Um, they did a Dark Phoenix there as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they they messed around with a Dark Phoenix there too. Oh no, they didn't. Sorry, they didn't. No, they touched they on were it. Going they to. touched on it. Yeah. And they never. They got cancelled. It was Wolverine and the X Men that did a Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I never got around to that. I never got it. Apparently, it was great. I never. 
That was a good series. That was a very good series. In that series, Ben, it was Emma Frost who sacrificed herself to save the universe. Ah, good, 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 good. They always take it away from Jean. That was I don't. They won't let her. They won't let Jean have her moment in the sun. Yeah, it's either Wolverine kills her. The Phoenix decides that it was a bad egg all along. Emma steps in. Emma Frost steps in and takes the sacrifice hit. Just let Jean do it. The the thing about uh, 2006 X Men: The Last Stand, Ben, is it was. It was kind of a prototype Batman versus Superman. They should have learned from that. They should have you know learned what I'm saying? from that. I'm saying they tried to take two classic X-Men stories. And smush them both together. The, yeah, the Mutant Cure and the Dark Phoenix story. And just smush them both together and do neither of them justice. Yeah. And then ruin it by not having any cosmos, that cosmic aspect to it. No, she was just oddly powerful. She was just, it was just pure gene and then making it about Wolverine. Pure Jean. That's what we're calling bloody, this episode. Bloody Jean. Pure, pure Jean. Jean. So Ben. Yes. Let's decide together. Together with our combined powers of having opinions. Which one was the best? Uh, uh, it's a tough call. I, I've never particularly gravitated I, towards Jean Grey as a character. I just right. don't find it that interesting. But I did like this topic because she's so... Mm prolific and because she's so she's been cloned a bunch of times um there are yeah. clone versions of her and now most of the clones are bustier and sexier they are that's a classic that's a classic because clone they're trope. evil clone trope um yeah. your brazier size goes up at least two when you're evil it's to mm-hmm. account for all the extra evil yeah. in your bosom um but yeah that's where um, evil is kept yep yeah, evil in your bosom um we've two contenders for the podcast name now um yeah um Interestingly enough, her new... Uh, did you you remember now that they brought the original X-Men back? Because the X-Men has become very convoluted in the comics. And we had our phase out no, of nuisance. Uh, yes, it has. Um, it's ex- it's yeah, a, I know. It's an ex- was it was superfluous. And they brought back the original X-Men members. Um, and her yep. younger self is a very popular character now. Um, yes. In the universe frequently seen with other teams like a like a guardians of the galaxy or or something like that although ben i believe that their younger selves have finished their mission now and are going back to the 60s no well that's a shame that's it no some of them stayed didn't they some of them agreed to stay in. i think iceman stayed yeah yeah i don't know why i don't know i can't remember i haven't really been keeping track of it i think it's nonsense i think it's a terrible idea but look the, who am i who am i ben the x-men has received b writers for no a ben while. who am i i've forgotten um you're mick but the x-men people if you're an x-men fan you're into this this has always been what drew people to the x-men mad convoluted time hopping mm. transgenerational weird epics mm. It's true. In 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 this case, I really don't think. I, I suppose let's put it to the fans then. Do you have an opinion on this? Because I I find it difficult to pick one. If I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go for the cleanest option, which is an L animated series, because it's nice and and oh. cle- cleaner, cleaner than the original mm. one. But your point about the Dark Phoenix saga ending with Jean's sacrifice is also nice because it's her prime sacrifice in time. Um, yeah well look Ben I think that the best one in this case is the comics mm. I think that by cutting out a lot of the weird creepy Chris Claremont stuff and taking away Jean's genocide and 
decision to sacrifice herself, it really missed a lot of the point of it. Yeah, creepy, creepy Chris Claremont is essential X Men viewing. He's still widely regarded as one of the. <laughs> he's still widely regarded as one of the best X Men writers of all time, isn't he? Like it's, it's well, Ben. Look, we we're not going to remember. We're not going to. We're not going to kink shame him because if you are a comic book reader, you have been exposed to years and years and years of weird kinky stuff. Of kinky stuff, a lot of comic book writers are kinky dudes who are looking for a way to express it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Look, Stay tuned look at bloody for Wonder Woman. Michael and Mine's podcast next week. Um, Blue tights. It's the story of a, a, a young <laughs> female superhero um, who gets powers from a magical set of blue tights. Um, she can there, bend people to her there, will. Wasn't there a, a comic like 10, 10 or 15 years ago about a, a superheroine in a blue uniform and she lost more and more of her powers as her uniform got ripped? Really? And yeah. And almost every issue of the comic ended with her essentially losing in some humiliating way because her costume oh kept getting ripped. Oh, God. That sounds awful. Yeah, but that that was like 10 or 15 years ago. But that's basically Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. With, uh, like, it's the story of Wonder Woman with someone else's yeah. slightly different fetish yeah, on top of it. That's true. Because the, that's true. the guy who wrote Wonder Woman was all about her getting tied up all and subjugated by the patriarchy. Bloody patriarchy. Mm. Anyway, anyway, the, uh, yeah. So the best episode, the the best version is the comic. We version, we hear the podcast are, the, are on the comic book version then, um. But do let us know down below if you're a long time comic book fan, and more importantly, if you're a big yeah. time Jean Grey fan. I've never met a big time yeah. Jean Grey fan, and would like to. So I've met a few. Um, they're, they're good people. Let us know down below. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying they aren't. Um, we don't fandom shame here at the podcast, Michael. We're completely anti shame. Um, we do shame shame. Um, we're we're quite. Uh, anti-shaming shaming uh, I give up uh, ladies and gentlemen we are on Facebook we are on Instagram we are on the tube of you uh, you can find us on iTunes we'd love a review uh, let us know down below what you think of all this uh, and more importantly let us know if you're looking forward to a Joker movie um, or other such things anything to add there Michael yeah check out my web shop uh, dickshapelikemick.com uh, that's all from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. <laughs> I lost you there at the end. Right.